When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Hotbody Dawson, pow, pow, pow. I am Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Welcome along to the Rhubarb Odyssey. Uh, We're looking at the very first episode of Rhubarb from 1974. Um, And uh, I don't even, have we even looked at the episode yet? I'm not sure, we've just been looking at the the background to it. I think mm. last week we might have not even mentioned any of it. I can't I remember. I don't think so. I know we didn't on the first week because that was when we got look. into um, shaping your own reality. Something like that. Uh, well, last week's episode, the description here says, short form animation fun, giving kids booze, Wombles business deals, jazz oh, yeah. dog ownership, Mm. And a kitten asserts his authority. So, yeah, I don't think we touched on... Yeah, but the week before was more about, like, matters of the universe and physics, I believe. Uh, 1974's Christmas Spike Craze, Fat Pens, Solvent Mm. Connoisseurs, Morrissey, Life Upgrades, and The Double Slit. The Double Slit. (laughs) The Double Slit is what proves there are two realities going on simultaneously, at least, maybe more. You used the word proves there. Proves it, does mate. It? Yes, it's scientific. We even we had a science teacher get in touch after that and say that he does does he? the yeah he, he does the double slit experiment in class yeah. with his kids to prove it to them. And yeah, okay. what do they do? They, they come home. And they don't tell anyone. They don't go home to mum and dad and go. Oh, turns out today that you know there is there is more than one consciousness and mm. one reality, and there are multiple different sort of realities all bumping into each other constantly. And we play a role ourselves in shaping our own reality. And we today did a double slip test in physics, which proves it. I no one goes over to that. They're People not paying attention. They go over and say, yeah, our school, oh, it's all right. Education sake. like that is wasted on young people because they haven't got the kind of insight into a, a whole kind of life to be able well, to appreciate it properly. The thing is, they just think everything's boring. Yeah. They think everything's boring and shit, right? Mm. And then you have to be older to realise almost nothing's boring. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? That's nothing's what... boring. But when you're a kid, you think everything's boring. I don't know why it works that way round. But people say, oh, oh, that, that, what's wonderful about that person is he has that, that childlike wonder, that naivety that, that you only have when you're a child. That's bollocks. When you're a child, you're like this. Yeah, it's all right, I suppose. 
No, yeah. I mean, I'm not that into it. I'd rather, like, watch a bit of telly and, like, YouTube or, like, have some sweets. TikToks. Right? You just think everything's shit. You're cynical. Mm. And yeah. it's only as you get older you can take a huge amount of pleasure from just walking out the front door, walking down the street, seeing a tree, not- seeing a cat, yeah. looking in the sky, seeing a bird flying about. Wow, amazing. You have to get pretty old to see that. When you're young, yeah. you think, stupid fucking tree in my way. Yeah, I mean, when I drive around the countryside now, I love looking at the scenery. Yeah, when I was a, right a kid, good, we both have a right good look it. around, don't we? Yeah, look, 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 look. it's free. Wasn't interested when I was a kid. Rolling hills, trees, oh, sheep. You'd be like, ah, fuck, fuck this. Off, well, we got a fucking look at these hills for. Hurry it up, Dukes of Hazard's on in half hour. I don't want to fucking wanna miss it. And the wrestling's on at four o'clock, and I think it's Big Daddy and Giant Ice Dax this week. Yeah. It's going to be fucking brilliant. Oh, and last thing I need is to be wasting my time looking at them fucking hills. <laughs> so it shouldn't be childlike wonderment. It should be middle-aged wonderment. Yeah. Don't give me that child in their eyes. Childs don't have any wonder or excitement in their eyes. Unless you're giving them presents. Yeah. yeah and then they're um, like, yeah, it's all right. Look, where else you got me? I mean, I, I, like, I like to think this podcast is what you would call a middle-aged equivalent of school. Yeah. Where everyone's yeah. learning stuff all the time and they're actually interested in what they're learning. Do you like um, Tina Fey, mate? Like, who yeah. does 30 Rock? There was a really funny clip that I got sent um, saying that when you've got teenagers, it, when you live with a teenager, it's like having an office crush, right? <laughs> Where it's someone who, who you're thinking about them much more than they're thinking about you. And she was just doing it. I mean, you'd have to see the clip. I'll share it. But it's like, <laughs> she has this impression if you walk past and go... Oh, hi, to your teenager. Hi, a uh, bunch of us were thinking about getting something to eat. I mean, you're, you're probably busy, right? Yeah, yeah, no, no, just forget it, like that. Or, <laughs> uh, hi, um, don't know what you're up to, but we, we were thinking of maybe watching a movie. No? Oh, okay, okay, fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I realised, yeah, that's exactly what it's like. When you try yeah. to get yeah. a teenager involved in some sort of group activity and you're really desperate for them to kind of like you and go along with it, but they're... Yeah best indifferent um at worst, room. at worst utterly disdainful and you constantly yeah. feel sort of like sad and rejected but mm. that's just the way it goes isn't it, that's so, life, but, isn't it? you know yep. but then you, you get middle-aged and you're like i mean it's like if i see my parents on the whole i'm quite enthusiastic now and mm. mum, what you got got something for me to eat have you or I see my dad go, all right, dad, come on, tell us one of your funny stories. Come on, now, tell me now, tell me now, tell me a funny story. <laughs> Fucking hell. Or when right. you're a kid, you just say, oh, shut up, mum and dad. Uh, so, anyway, right, rhubarb, yeah? Mm. Uh, we discussed who wrote it. Uh, Grinch, what was his name again? Grinch Calverly, mm. directed by Bob Godfrey, who also yeah. did um, Henry's Cat and other things. Um yeah, voiceover, Richard Bryars, the yeah. mighty Richard Bryars. Mighty's the word, yeah. Um, sadly, no longer with us. But um, you know yeah. what else? I, he the other well, the other main animation he voiced that I remember was that fucking Griffin who was at Midland Bank. Remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, he was right, good, yeah. wasn't he? And I think mm-hmm. it was a similar style of animation. It might have even been the same bloke. I've got a strong feeling that the admin for Midland Bank got the whole idea off of rhubarb and custard. 
Pretty much, yeah. Well, they used to do that a lot. They just, you know, like when I did that book about advertising, a lot of them, I mean, it, it, I, I appreciate their frankness. They'd go, oh, yeah, this was really big at the time. So he so, did it. <laughs> yeah, well, like the geezer who, who, the best one, the best ad man of them all was called John Webster. Dead, mm. unfortunately. Uh, but he did. Nice and dead. He did the Honey Monster. He did. Right. The, he did the Smash Martians. Right. right. He no, fucking did them all. Who else did he do? Any character-based one? Do you remember the Crystal Bear? It's Frothy Man. Yeah. Right. All him. Fucking right? hell. He did. He did the more. He specialised in doing sort of kids ca- coming up with these ideas for kids characters. But he right. wasn't pretentious or genius. I said, "How'd you come up with the Honey Monster?" And he sort of went, oh, "It's a Cookie Monster, isn't it?" <laughs> Next question. <laughs> and I went, "What?" He went, "Well, I was watching the box, and uh, I saw a Cookie Monster, and I thought he's a bit of a laugh. He's obsessed with I'm eating that. He, he all he's obsessed with is fucking eating cookies. It's all he's interested in. One thing, cookie eating. I'll do the same thing, but this cunt, he'll just be obsessed with eating honey, preferably via the means of a of a sugar puff." And just to mix it up, make it a bit funnier, I'm going to make out that he's got a posh human man who he thinks is his mummy. Oh, fucking hell, of course. Henry McGee, wasn't it, from yeah, Benny Hill? I'm, I'm not oh. his mummy. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? He actually, this bloke, John Webster, was so clever and funny, he like wrote a book about it in the end because the Honey Monster was so popular. He went, right, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll write its all origin story and you can give it away with vouchers from the boxes of honey monsters, of sugar puffs, right? So he wrote the origin story, which I don't mean you could ever buy in the shops. You had to send off for it. You had to cut something off the box. Oh, right, yeah. He said it was from this this island, right? And there there was these pygmies, these little pygmies. Mm. But over time, um, the only thing to eat on this island was honey. But it grew high up on trees. It not grew, but the honey, the beehives were high up in trees. So over right, time, yeah. these little sort of pygmy monsters on this island, they evolved to because they were reaching up, reaching up, reaching up to get at the honeycomb in the beehives. Yeah. yeah? And um, through evolution, from all that reaching for honey, they grew dead big. And that's how you got honey monster. And what's his name? Henry, what's his name? Was supposed to just have been doing some exploring on that island. And this little this honey monster stowed away on his boat when he went off, and then ended up back in England, thinking that Henry <laughs> was his was his mum, not his dad. He thought it was his fucking mummy. <laughs> and um, so in the end, this bloke's like, "Look, I'm not your mum, but you can live with me." I don't know why he felt mm. responsible for him. I suppose what else are you going to do? Take oh, I've got this. I went. I've, hello, I'm an explorer. I've been exploring on a remote island, and this mon- I've accidentally brought this fucking great monster back. Right, the, yeah. the authorities are not going to help you with that. Do you know what I mean? They can't put him the in the foster. The wouldn't deal with it. You can't put a, a monster in the foster care system, can you? No. No one would take him. They wouldn't have the insurance. So, yeah, similarly, Battersea Dogs Home or the RSPCA aren't going to do him. He, they, falls, they, he, he somehow would fall through the gaps in the, in pass the services. they it from one agency to the other, wouldn't they? Exactly. Yeah, it's not going to do with us, no. <laughs> it's no. not us. We just do cats. Yeah, and then another one would go, no, we're the Royal Society for the Protection of Birds. He's not a bird. He said, oh, well, he's a bit like a bird. No, he's not. He's not got any fucking wings. So there's no way we're t- we're going to treat him as a bird. So all these cunts would, in the end, I don't know what he'd do. He'd end up another fucking homeless statistic, wouldn't he? On the street, pissed, probably. Yeah. And yeah. imagine the trouble he'd cause as well, the size of the cunt. 
So, fucking hell. So he did society a service, that Henry fella, by saying, all right, I'll take him on. Um, but yeah. then, of course, all he did was fucking just, he was obsessed with getting his hands on sugar puffs and he would stop at nothing, <laughs> nothing to get them. I swear there was a commercial where he literally killed a man just to get some fucking... <laughs> strangled him with his He strangled hands. him just to get his fucking hands on one bowl of fucking sugar puffs. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, he got that from that. Uh, he just said, yeah, it's Cookie Monster, wasn't it? So I just changed it a bit. I'm just looking online. There's a, there's a, a book. Uh, it's a tribute, basically, uh, to John Webster after his death. It is, yeah, um, I remember that book. Memorial Booklet. Mm-hmm. Uh, 98 pages and it is available for £192 fuck me get the what seems to be the only copy of it online uh, if you're interested in John Webster buy my book Get Smashed from many years ago if it is still available uh, on Amazon for a penny or something like that sure it is and, of course it will be and, uh, and um, there's lo- like you know I interviewed him extensively only about a year before he died because he was fairly young he died right. of a heart attack only about a year after I'd interviewed him and the book had come out and it was I almost think his last will and testament. If you, it, you it, was the, it was the best sort of record of someone who, in a way, I mean, adverts are just a daft loads of rubbish. But yeah. if you consider the characters that he created that, you know, were on telly yeah. a lot when we were kids and Capture Imagination, he made a bit of a sort of a, a small contribution to cultural life, that bloke. Yeah, definitely. Well, massive contribution, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. So I was um, quite pl- honoured to have spent time with him. And he was like a down-to-earth bloke who just loved coming up. With- and he actually did, in the end, come up with a kids' TV show called Hamish something or other. Similar sort of character-driven animation. But anyway, that takes us back to um, this, because it was an ad man behind or was involved in some way, I think we discovered, with Rhubarb yeah, and Custard an Jet. Yeah. And, and I've uh, got... Get- him- because of Richard Bryce did the voice for the Griffin from Midland Bank, mm. I'm thinking it was all part of the same thing because they were drawn well, yeah, the same with be... those fat felt tip pens, right? Yeah. And they'll have thought, obviously, get someone who people are going to recognise and associate with something like rhubarb, yeah. which is hugely popular. Although get the thing is, 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 mate, is, rhubarb would not be someone who I would trust with my finances. The no, whole no. point of rhubarb is he's, he's a fucking idiot. I mean, I yeah. love him and everything, but he's a he's a fucking imbecile. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So I wouldn't have thought it'd be on brand for a bank. Um, yeah, a I just said Get Smashed is, is available on Amazon, £4.70. There you Five go. Five copies available. It says here, I've bought the cunt twice. Oh, there you go. Thank yeah. you very much. Well, I'm going to... I, I am actually trying to get that... Um, to get the rights back, reclaim the rights from the publisher yeah. and do a new edition of it with my new publisher because sometimes people ask me about it and there's not many left, so why not? I don't If they'll do exactly. it, it won't cost much. And then you can when, do it as an audio book as well, read it out yourself. I could do, yeah. Do it in your Vita Modular. Make um, a few embellishments. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Rhubarb. Richard Breyers, obviously, National Treasure. Mm. Uh, it says on his Wikipedia page... Uh, also children's TV series. He was the voice of Mouse in Mouse and Mole, which I do not remember. <laughs> Don't remember who, it, but it sounds you know like who, a banger. Do you know who played the part of Mole? Who? Alan Bennett. Oh, my God, that sounds great. <laughs> Doesn't it? We'll have to look into that. Um, um, mate, I hate to, I don't, I don't like doing this because I, do, I know we want to get deep into it, but I've just remembered that I do have a very good Richard Breyer story, but I can't remember if I've told it before. It was about, I'm, I'm it involves... A, I'm afraid we don't have time. 
It's it involves Richard Briers. Ah, what a joke! Go on. <laughs> it involves Richard Briers, Eamon Holmes, uh, Chris Tarrant, and who wants to be a millionaire, right? Mm. And Sir Alex Ferguson. <laughs> yes, please. Jalapeno. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Jalapeño. Eamon Holmes goes on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. I don't know what year yeah. it is. You can look it up. It's a long time ago. It's Celebrity Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. And he goes on with Sir Alex Ferguson, who really does that sort of thing, but it was for charity. Yeah? Yeah. I remember this. Yeah. And uh, so he goes on. And uh, some of the details of this story are hazy. I got it first hand from Eamon Holmes. He tells it much more funnily than I could because he was there. But he basically... He gets, they get quite far. They're doing really well, right? Turns out Sir Alex is really good on general knowledge, right? Eamon's not bad, but Sir Alex is surprisingly good. And I don't know what they're on. They're on like up to like, I don't know, like, yeah, a quarter of a million quid, something mental. They're doing well, right? And the question comes up, uh, what was the name of the pet chicken in The Good Life? Yeah. And mm-hmm. they give you now this is a question that if I could phone a friend, you'd be the fucking friend I'd call for that, right? So I know mm-hmm. you probably know before I've given the choice. But I'm, the choice is my, my gut instinct is Henrietta. No, it's the choice was Lenin, Trotsky, Stalin mm. or Marx. Right? Because do you remember Tom and what's the name? They were supposed to sort of be like socialists, communists, weren't they? Mm. Anyway, that's why they were growing their own potatoes. That's how you do it, see? Right? And uh, so they, 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 I think uh, that was it. Alex Ferguson said, you know who his phone a friend was? Chucky McClare. Okay. Right? Yeah. So he's gone, I'm fucking telling you, right? Eamon, phone a friend is Chucky. I'm telling you, he knows everything. You'll never meet a man with more knowledge than Brian McClare. <laughs> So if we get desperate, we'll call Chucky, right? And they've managed to get this far without calling Chucky, but they don't know the answer. So he goes, that's it. We're going to have to call Chucky, but don't worry. Chucky will know, right? So they call up <laughs> Chucky McClare and Chucky McClare goes, ah, I'm not sure, gaffer. He's like, call it all like, I'm not sure, boss. And he goes, you don't know. I thought you'd know. And he goes, oh, I can't be certain. I'm going to have to take a punt and see Mark's. Right. So they say Mark. doesn't feel right to me. They say Mark's, right? And it's wrong. Mm. Mm. And they get knocked out. But it's a bit of fun. They've raised a lot of money for charity. All's well at Enzel. They laugh. They smile. They shake hands with Tarrant. They walk off. Eamon's thinking, great, that was a nice bit of fun. Sir Alex disagrees. Soon as they're out of sight of the production team and like behind a closed door, Alex Ferguson's given it. Those fucking cunts, right? And Eamon's like, what are you talking about, Sir Alex? And he's going, I'm fucking telling you we were stitched up. That question was way too hard for that stage of the game. That's a million pound question. And he's going, and, I, and he goes, well, no, some people might have known it. And he's going, 
let me tell you something. If Chucky McLeod doesn't know it, then no one knows it. <laughs> it's not worth knowing. He goes, no one knows it. And that's how I know we were stitched up. And I'll tell you why we were stitched up. Every fucker here is a Liverpool fan. He goes, I checked it out in advance. I got my people to do oh, some yes. digging. He goes, and I fucking know that there's five Liverpool fans in senior positions at ITV and on this production team. Plus, I know that the director is a gooner, right? And he goes, and I know, I knew, I did it for you. I did it for the fucking charity. But I'll fucking tell you now, right? I knew that I was walking into a trap here and they just fucking proved it. And I'm not happy about this, right? And he was like genuinely fucking fuming he thought it was a Liverpool slash Arsenal stitch up mm-hmm. he thought the whole thing had been a stitch up he'd done research in advance to everyone who they supported right mm-hmm. and he was fucking fuming and Eamon was like I don't know you know like I think it's not a hard it's not like super hard it's like mm-hmm. so, you know it's just that we didn't know it and he was like no you don't understand it's not that we didn't know it it's that Chucky didn't know it if Chucky mm-hmm. didn't know it then it's the hardest fucking question they can ask. And that is out of order that they asked us it at, this, at that stage, right? And we could have got a million and I'm fucking fuming with them and I'm going to complain, right? And Eamon was like, oh, okay. So he sort of went along with it because he thought best not to argue. That's what he thinks, fine, whatever. But then about a year later, he had Richard Briers, right? On the radio, on a radio show. Mm. And afterwards he said... It was like an ad break or news break. And he said to the producer, can you ask? Oh, no, he, he had him in on GMTV. That was it. Right. And in the ad break, he goes, Richard, I've got to quickly tell you a quick story, right? And he goes, it's about, it's to do with the good life. And Richard Bryce said, oh, yes, yes, yes. And he goes, and it's to do with me and Sir Alex Ferguson. Oh, really? Oh, lovely. i tell you. And he gets, so he tells him the whole story. He goes, and we got to this question. They said, what was the name? He goes, what was the name of the chicken in the good life? And he goes, oh, yes, yes. And he goes, now, that's uh, hard. I did. I, I mean, it's, it was fairly hard, but I thought, well, most people who liked the good life would know it. And he goes, oh, yes. And he goes, so they gave me the, the multiple choice. And Rich Brown goes, oh, yes. And what was it? What was the multiple choice? And he goes, well, it was Marx, Lenin, Trotsky, or Stalin. So who was it? And Richard Brown goes, I haven't got a fucking clue. <laughs> <laughs> How the fuck? He goes, how the fuck would I remember something like that? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, goes, I couldn't care less. Right. And he was really, yeah. So then Eamon calls up Alex Ferguson and goes, I just had Richard Price himself in here. It was his chicken. And even he doesn't remember. And Alex Ferguson's <laughs> like, I fucking told you. <laughs> I told you, you bastard. <laughs> Even Breyers doesn't remember. It's an impossible <laughs> fucking question. If more proof was needed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he I'm going to e- get on the phone of my lawyers. He didn't know. He sent emails to the people at ITV going, this was a clear stitch up. And now, Brilliant. by the way, even Richard Bryce doesn't know the answer. So you, you were purposely trying to make a cunt out of me. Thanks for nothing. Brilliant. <laughs> I mean, I've I've not got a clue. I just guessed Henrietta, but um, I can't remember what it is either. I'm looking. It's one of those four that I believe. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, it was Lennon. Lennon, yeah, there you go. <laughs> the ch- the pigs were called Pinky and Perky. The goat was called Geraldine. I remember the goat's name, Geraldine. Right. Yeah, 
That must be where you got called, Henrietta from. The cockerel was called Lennon. But uh, there you go. Yeah, some people would have known that, I think. Yeah, but you didn't. I mean, honestly, I would have thought, well, if anyone's going to know this, it'll be Andy Dawson. If you, again, well, so let, let's look at the list, right? Eamon Holmes, Sir Alex Ferguson, fine. We wouldn't expect them to know that, mm. would we? Like, we wouldn't have been surprised no. if one of them had known, but we'd, we wouldn't expect them to know. We'd immediately go to Chucky McClare. Chucky McClare, who, by the way, has a very popular and successful podcast, which I haven't yeah. listened to. Have you heard about it? I don't know. I, I, have, think, yeah. I think it's worth a listen. I don't know if you've ever mm. heard it. Um, but he apparently, it, what he doesn't know ain't worth knowing. Like you said earlier, he's, he's fucking brain of Britain. He's a general knowledge king, right? Mm. So he didn't know it. Richard Bryars didn't know it. And now you, Andy Dawson, someone who I'd say is an expert on 70s television, didn't know it either. Thank you very much. Um, so I am starting to think that it was a bit of an outrageous question. Quite possibly. I mean, maybe they just didn't want to give too much of it to charity. Fucking they, well, um, IEV, that's they IEV the earlier questions were a bit easier and then they give that stumbling block in the way. We should have known in, in advance that they'd end up, the end game would be them having Matt Hancock and I'm a celebrity. That's, that's, that's their way. Mm. Yeah. But, um, well, I mean, Marx is a terrible guess if that was his, if that was his guess. Well, it was. A, they were all communist sort of figures. Yeah, but you're not going to call a chicken Marx, are you? <laughs> well, Stalin, I mean, what's madder about that than Lenin? I mean, I'd, Stalin would easily be the worst. That's Stalin like calling would, your dog Hitler. Yeah. That's like calling your, your hen Hitler. Yeah. Hitler the yeah. hen. At least that's alliterative. That, that, because Marx almost, I know it's not, but it sounds like a plural, so you wouldn't give a name like to Marx a chicken, and something like that. I'd, yeah, I'd go Lenin. What was the other one again? Stalin, Lenin, Marx. Trotsky. Trotsky. <laughs> Trotsky. See, I'd go very, Trotsky Very, very militant. Very militant Trotsky. Yeah. I mean, it really is a real Stalin. statement. Do you know what I mean? If you're um, like Marx, he just wrote the book. He didn't, he wasn't saying that, you know, communism yeah. should lead to the death of and starvation of millions. He just wrote the book. So there's the, there's the ideas. They're down in black and white. What you do with them, that's up to you. Yeah. And I have got, you know, it's a case of RTs does not equal endorsement. Yeah. Think of it that Close way. as well. Chucky only had 20 seconds or whatever to have a think about Co- it. So Gordon Sir Alex, that like, that's nothing for him. That's really easy. on it for a bit longer. I'd love us to get in touch with Chucky McClare and see if he remembers any of this. Well, the, his, his, his podcast follows me on Twitter. Well, there you go. So I think no, my brother. Just... I he, I think he came on my on Life Girls, my brother's podcast. Yeah. I'm not. I'm. I don't know. I'm gonna ask brother. I think he might have invited him back onto him. You know, like an exchange deal. But right. I don't know. Like maybe you could go on it, and when you're on it, sort of engineer a conversation about this. About yeah. the hen from a 70s sitcom. I'll make it all about that. Get in yeah. there claiming that you want to talk about Sunderland, right? But then once you're in, you've got your foot in the door. Change the conversation immediately to hens. You can't force me to talk about what they want to talk about. No, that's all, really the true. The worst they can do is just not put the episode out. If I well, decide to make I think it we've both hens. found that on our occasional guest appearances on other podcasts, yeah, is that that's, that's we will true. not be contained. Especially yeah. if they're not paying us, mate. Yeah. Um, are we going to get anywhere with rhubarb here? Well, I've just we watched it, not. and it's quite a good storyline, but just I'd for, I had forgotten what a total fuckwit rhubarb was. I mean, yeah. that's the whole point, is that 
he is I mean if you look at like the canon the history of idiotic cartoon characters he's right up there as the most stupid this whole episode yeah. is about him looking at the birds getting uh, worms out of the ground to eat right mm-hmm. but he thinks they're rubber bands and he wants to eat a rubber band which is a weird agenda in itself so he thinks the only way to do it is to disguise himself as a bird right he, he, the only way he can get knowledge about the way the birds operate is to get close to them so the first thing he does is he fucking disguises himself as a loaf of bread the mad cunt that attracts and the birds and not only does that he lies there for six hours for six hours disguised as a loaf of bread disguised as a loaf of bread just so he can observe the birds at close yeah. quarters as they come over and fucking peck at him and then eventually he makes himself a beak although he doesn't call it a beak he believes it to be a spike a, a spike. facial spike yeah and uh and then he uses that to try and... Uh, but then his biggest his biggest mistake that he makes is not content with making this fucking spike beak. He also thinks he's going to fly. So he attaches mm. sort of boards to his arms, legs, his, do- his dog arms, yeah. and jumps out of a tree. He looks at all the elements of the birds and what makes mm. them tick and what makes them work. Mm. And he tries to emulate them in his shed overnight. It takes him a whole night to do uh, it. Andy, I bet you like the bit where... There was an exterior shot of the shed at night that, yeah. well, for quite a long time. And I know the bit that you liked about it when you heard all the banging and tinkering noises from inside. <laughs> classic. That's I, a classic trope, isn't it? I know. So I, was at it, think, I was thinking, yeah. Yeah, this is good. Andy will be liking this bit. <laughs> Bang, get still. <laughs> get a still from that and making it a t shirt. I just love. Yeah, it's a really good image, but also it's just like the noises of tinkering in a workshop. Mm. I mean, it's ironic because I'm not good at anything like that, like um, DIY or anything. But when I was a kid, I was sort of really obsessed with the idea of workshops. Do you know what I mean? Like little spaces. Like I remember there was some scenes in Happy Days where you saw, because Fonzie was a mechanic and mm. he had a sort of a workshop where he worked on cars and there was some episodes where you got caught glimpse of that and I just liked it because it was like your own little rig do you know what I mean like yeah. I mean, sheds we talked about this before, garages about, about, my granddad had a garage that had a pit in it oh yeah so yeah yeah underneath yeah. cars by standing yeah. in the pit yeah that's the sort um, of stuff yeah, I really we've, we've used to love for, for pits, pits in just like your own little space where you can bash things and fix things and make things. Do you know I what think I mean? Maybe, maybe it's a, a, a side effect of watching Greece and John Travolta and his pals when they sing Grease Lightning and when they make Grease Lightning. Yeah, that, that's the fantasy that I've had. Yeah, many times yeah. I've dreamt of maybe being something to do with that. Being like the Grease Lightning gang. Yeah, can I just read out the very first line of this episode? Because it's a really well written episode. Yeah, it's really well crafted. And it just starts off, and it's Richard Bryars, and he says, uh, Rhubarb lived in a house with a very sunny garden, with trees and bees and bone holes, and things that sniffed good, and things that bounced, and he enjoyed the way things were. Yeah, I love that. so nice. My favourite bit is obviously things that sniffed good. Yeah. But my second favourite line is, and he enjoyed the things, the way things were. were. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel a lot of the time in my Vita Modular. I enjoy the way things are. Yeah. Doing so a pod, having a cup of tea, watching rhubarb. Yeah. Try to find situations in life where you can enjoy the way things are. Yeah. That's what we're about. So, yeah, he comes out of the shed. Um, uh, crash clang, shed, darkness. The sun comes up, he emerges. He's got springs on, uh, wings made of cardboard, and a spike on his face. I don't know what that's made out of. We don't We don't find he out. He doesn't reveal that. No. 
It um, would have been the like, days before MDF, wouldn't it? Yeah, it might be plastic, a plastic corn of some kind. I Bol- don't know, but it doesn't seem possibly. to resemble anything. Mm. Um, we get a first glimpse of Custard, the cat, who <laughs> appears more in future episodes. This is like a pilot episode almost. Yeah. So they've made it, and Custard's got no involvement in it. Maybe the BBC's gone, yeah, we'll have more of that fucking purple cat later on, shall we? He is good. He's really good in this because it's a brief appearance, but he is laughing his fucking head off because because rhubarb has fallen out of a tree. And the way he's laughing, his limbs are going... He's on his hind legs and his other legs are sort of in the air and he's sort of almost breakdancing with glee. He is laughing and laughing and going... He's just going mental. And so straight away, you, you notice him. He stands out and you sort of think, yeah, he's worth coming back to, this cat. They call yeah, him the fat cat from next door, don't they? That's right, they do. So, uh, Rhubarb then, uh, the birds are all laughing at him when he emerges. He gets onto the swing, gets a bit of a swing going on, um, and he says, this is a great step for dog kind. <laughs> and this is only a few years after the moon landing, of course, so that was a very evocative yeah. phrase yeah. for him. And uh, Richard Bryce says, he goes uh, higher and higher into a world beyond the four paws of dog. <laughs> Which is another brilliant line. And, uh, of course, he forgets to flap his wings once he's up there in the sky. Uh, plunges to the garden, lands spike first. Um, and it says, his spike plopped into the turf and into rubber band land. Which is kind of what he, always, what, that's what he wanted, basically. Yeah. He wanted to get in among the rubber bands, the worms. Uh, and yeah. then the birds and custard just bounce around laughing at him. And that's kind yeah. of it, really. And that's it. It's just like, he, yeah. he, and I think that's the, it sets the tone for what was to come because it's basically saying he was, he came up with a fucking stupid plan. It didn't work. He made a cunt out of himself, but life goes on. And that yeah. was, and that's he, he the sort of structure for every same. episode, really. Yeah. And it ends with another brilliant line, which is, uh, birds have beaks, and rhubarb had a spike. And a beak is a beak. And a spike is a spike. And there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely stuff. Beautiful writing. Life affirming. It is, really is. Philosophical in a gentle way. Love it. Exactly. Yeah. Something to think about. So, yeah, I reckon that's it. That's the rhubarb odyssey. There's really plenty enjoyed of other episodes it. online to look at. Yeah, at there's loads leisure. of them. Mm. Um, and I think next week we're going to begin looking at the Ripley's, uh, believe it or not. Yeah, uh, Christmas, Christ- is coming. Christmas tradition, yeah. We might choose pages randomly like last year, which didn't go that well, or we might just read it properly and try and I, find the best I, I've had a little look through it. I've had a little look through this and good stuff. We'd probably like have a flick through and choose the best bits so we don't miss we'll them. We'll do that, yeah. We'll not, we'll not leave it to the cosmos. Mm. It let us down last year. Right, Okay. Thanks very much for listening, and goodbye. Goodbye. When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.